0: Let's get started. Today's guest is a top 0.1%, yes, I said 0.1% Etsy seller, educator, certified magnetic coach, and the creator and CEO of Canopy, an app for Etsy sellers and creatives selling custom products to help organize their orders, save time, and streamline the back end of their business. She helps creative entrepreneurs build businesses that support their dream life and business. She's also the owner of Toucan and CZ Invitations, and this month on January 18th, 2023, she is guest speaker for my membership, Small Biz Social Society, and a fun fact, this is so cute. She started her first business in her closet as a kid in elementary school, selling jewelry with a friend. I love that so much. Welcome back to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Carly Zerker.
1: Thank you so much for having me back. I honestly forgot that I sent that fun fact, so that's <laughs> that's, that's a fun way to start. That was a good reminder. I did start my first business, many many of my first businesses as a child. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're selling jewelry in the out of the closet.
1: Yeah, we turned right. our our closet into our little business and we had all of our beads. We you know, we just made little jewelry and then we had a um if you remember back like Tupperware parties, that kind of vibe that our parents went to. Um we did that. We had like a jewelry party with our friends and like invited them over and then sold our jewelry for like 50 cents. Yeah, that's adorable. (laughs) I also made that friend that I had a business with. Like I found pretty recently an old notebook, like a little journal from when I was like, again, in elementary school. And I made her sign a contract (laughs) because she would always have me spend the night at her house and then wouldn't spend the night at my house. So I was like, if I spend the night this time, next time you will spend the night at my house. And I made her sign it. So I've been a business person (laughs) from (laughs) as long as I can remember.
0: (laughs) That is Fantastic. Like, look, girl, we got, we got to make this fair for both parties. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that oh. is adorable. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, well, I, I want to talk about that for a minute. So what, what did your, what did your family think like of you being like that as a kid? Like, was it a thing like, were did they encourage that or were you just, you feel like you were naturally just like that?
1: Both. So both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad Um, is an engineer, but had multiple, or he had a really successful side business. So he would like, you know, nine to five, do the whole thing. And then he did stamped concrete. Um, And he's also like really good with his hands and like did woodworking. And he's always been very like Mm -hmm. multi-passionate. And then my mom owned a small business doing graphic design with one of her friends. And so I grew up in that, like you, like having family that owns their own business. Um, and I was also like very motivated by money from like a young age because my parents wanted to like instill the, you know, like that we have to work for the money that we make. And so I had, I don't know if I had an allowance. I, I probably had an allowance, but it was mostly like, I would do odd jobs. Me and that friend, um, also like made posters and like sent them in her neighborhood. And we're like, we'll pull weeds. Like we'll do, you know, whatever. Um, we had lots of lemonade stands. Like we just, I was I don't know. I was always willing and ready to work from a young age.
0: That is so cool. I love that. And and I I do understand the entrepreneurial thing from from the family standpoint. And I always take it like this is just probably my personality. I don't know about you, but like I'll I'll have like deep moments with memories. I don't know if you ever will like thinking of your own parents, right? So like I'll think back I guess now as a as a grown-up grown-up person. Um that's my way of saying I'm I'm, you know, a little more advanced in age, but I think back about it and I can actually kind of just really connect with little moments. I think of like my dad and like in his business, which maybe I didn't understand when I was younger, Yeah. you know? So now as a, as business owners, we're experiencing things and I'll have almost like a little flashback and just be like, wow. So when he said this, it meant
1: this, like the thing I'm
0: feeling, you know? And when you start to feel it yourself, it's so powerful. Do you have, moments like that? Yeah,
1: totally. I'm like super, like a super nostalgic person. Like I just, I, I love reminiscing and I go through those phases and I, I totally know what you mean. Like looking back on how they ran their businesses and just kind of some of the beliefs that I took from them, um, that maybe were like, not like I interpreted them maybe incorrectly as a child (laughs) or, you know, just different beliefs and ideas and about money and running a business and all these different things and now like you're saying it's like I can look back and be like oh now I have so much more information (laughs) I have so much (laughs) more knowledge I have so much more context to what this means and what this really was like
0: right right yeah exactly it's 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 a cool feeling it's a special feeling too and then when you get to like like you do um you know, you help business owners and, and I work with business owners too. Like I'm not really working with, um, consumers in in my Mm -hmm. business. And I know that you help a lot of business owners too. So when that makes it even more special, right? Like if you know, like that business owner life, like it was part of your life since you were a kid. So it is nostalgic and it is special. And then like, you're actually the person helping someone else do their thing and grow their own little business. It's, um, it's a pretty cool feeling, huh?
1: Yeah. It's kind of weird to think that like business has been such a big part of my life for my entire life. Because even if, you know, like my boyfriends in high school worked for my dad on the side sometimes, like I didn't because it was like manual labor concrete and I was very uninterested and probably (laughs) unable to do what they were doing. Um, But like, you know, from the time that I could have a job, I had a job. I also had like multiple jobs. Like I've always been super multi-passionate and I didn't really understand that for most of my life that like why I wanted to babysit and have a business and have a job and, you know, just like do crafts and then like sell the crafts. And like, that's how all of this all always got started. So looking back, like to see how all of this has been a part of my life forever, like that I started my first, like, that's funny how this all started with just like the fun fact is like, you know, I started my first business when I was seven, but that's like at my core who I am. Like, I just am a really natural business-minded person. And I love being able to help people who aren't naturally, like don't have the business connections. They're more of like the creatives, the painters, the artists, because the art and paint stuff doesn't necessarily come like supernaturally to me, but like the business connection is just like, oh, the way that you can paint something on a piece of paper, like I can... I don't know, do that in my head for business. It's just, yeah. it's very natural for me.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it totally is. I, I, I know that about you after. No, I was trying to think back how long I've known you. Like, I you know, like, I was thinking I was about like, that in, like, last five too. years or something. Yes. Like yeah, it's, a while. It's,
1: it's, I mean, the last time I came on your podcast, right. When you started it, when did you start your podcast? It's, that was over three
0: years ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we knew each other before that.
0: Yeah. So, cause you yeah. came on
1: my podcast, which I started in like 2018, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'd already known you well before that. So yeah. It's crazy. It's (laughs) fantastic. Um, see what I tell you guys is social media. This is how I have like these are like my favorite people in the world are people I've met on social media. Like, no, I mean, I love my real life people, but you know what I mean. Um (laughs) I love that. Well, if you don't mind me, I mean, I want I want to ask you some specifics about what you're doing now and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I would love to know if you wouldn't mind sharing um the start of your first more like current business, not childhood business. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's the imitation business. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like when you started that and why you started that?
1: Yeah. So I went to college and got a degree in entrepreneurship. So my degree is in starting and owning businesses. So this makes sense. Um, but after college, I was like looking for a job, which in hindsight was like stupid because like my degree was in owning a business and I was like looking for a job and I was going to all these like really corporate places that like some of the best places to work in Wichita. And I just, I remember interviewing at a couple of them that I made pretty far to like the panel interview and just thinking like, I don't want this job. Like, I hope I don't get the, like, I hope I get the job. Cause like, it'd be great, but also like, I really don't want this job. And so I was engaged to my husband and we um were wedding planning. My mom and I were wedding planning and I needed invitations, so we started doing we knew we wanted to make our own invitations because my mom had the graphic design degree or not degree but experience. She is a self-taught um graphic designer and cool. taught me. Um, through that process of like making our own invitations, I just found some stuff on Etsy, on Pinterest that I was like, this is kind of what I want. This is what I want. And we made it. And then in the process of that, I was like, wedding invitations are really expensive. Like we could, we could do this ourselves. Um, and that's how we got started. (laughs) So we just (laughs) made my own wedding invitations and then started a business together. I will never forget the day that my mom, my mom is like one of my best friends. Like she works with me every single day. Um, but like, and we text and talk and I was at her house all the time. And, but she, like the only time she's maybe emailed me like five times in my life. And one of them was to say like, Hey, why don't we start a business? (laughs) She was like, let's use your entrepreneurship degree and my graphic design degree and start a business. Let's chat tomorrow. And I just, it's funny to me that she emailed that to me. (laughs) Um, but that's how we got started. She's like, since we're talking business, we're going to be
0: businessy and we're going to do this (laughs) via email. (laughs) Yes. That's fantastic. Um I love that. I mean like what a what a good good old start
1: a business story of like you were solving your own problem. I mean yeah. it's, it's it's I mean perfect. truly that's every single one of my businesses has been solving. <laughs> like I just keep solving yeah. solving problems and then I turn it into a business which like, you know, isn't probably possible for I I do a lot of things. I have 3-4 businesses and so it's not that I would recommend doing that because it's a lot, it's a lot to handle, but you know, the CZ invitations was doing invitations. I needed invitations. I saw that there was like a gap in the market. So I created that. Toucan was like, I realized that I knew how to do something, which was started with Pinterest. And that business has transformed a lot over time as has CZ invitations. But I started teaching people how to do Pinterest. And then that turned into other things and coaching. And then um, canopy, my software, like that was the biggest problem I had as an entrepreneur was managing my orders on the back end, doing custom stuff. And I waited and I waited and I waited for years for somebody to make this fucking app. Am I allowed to cuss? Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and no, and finally I was like, I guess it's me. Like I have waited long enough. Um and I remember. One. <laughs> yeah. When when CZ Imitations really took off, like that was our biggest struggle was like me trying to figure out how to manage all of this. And I had spreadsheets. I tried, you know, paper. I tried all these different things. And I remember calling my brother and being like, hey, I want to make an app. How much does that cost? And he was like, like tens of thousands of dollars. And I was like, okay, um, never mind. <laughs> Cause I had like no money that, um, you know, we had just started. I wasn't really, I was nannying. I wasn't doing my business full time. And so I was like, well, okay, no. Um, and then fast forward to now it is a real thing with real people using it. So it's wild. Well,
0: okay. So, it, it, so tell, so explain to us a little bit deeper what Canopy is. Mm-hmm.
1: So Canopy is a platform to help you manage your orders. If you're doing like custom Things so not just custom wedding invitations, but I'll use that as an example because that's what I did. So on the back end of um, doing these things, there's a lot of different steps and milestones that our customers would go through. They would sign the contract, they would, you know, go through their rounds of proofs. I would have to order their paper, I would have to print. Then there was production and getting it like put together. And so when all of a sudden you have 50 clients. It's really, really hard to know at like an overview, how many people are at this point, who's ready to print, like some of that really basic stuff when you have a lot of people becomes really hard to find. And we were spending so much time in apps like Dubsado, which I love Dubsado and I'm not trying to replace Dubsado or HoneyBook or anything like that, but those are client management systems. Those are to help you communicate with your clients, store your contracts. Yes, they do some of this, but not to the extent that most people need when you're doing custom products. And even if you think about like a cutting board, if you are making custom cutting boards and you have a hundred orders, there's a lot of steps. And to just be able to look at a glance and see like, okay, I need to go get the wood. I need to sand it and stain it and laser cut it. And like this is for you to be able to see that on your end, where you're at with these orders, because that just doesn't really exist. There's a lot of inventory management. There's a lot of um, client management systems, but there's not a lot of product management systems, especially for small businesses doing custom products. So that is what we do.
0: Man, that is fantastic. Um, That sounds like a shitload of work too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not, I'm not doing it. (laughs) I have a a team that does it for me. But to have to
0: create it though, like to have to go through that process, right? Like it yeah. took a lot of attention to detail, right? I mean, every little step that you could think of and every detail you could think of, you had to include.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's been a lot because like I started wedding imitations was pretty creative, had a business, you know, figured that out. But then kind of moving into coaching was like a completely different set of skills and then like a software, like what? Like, I don't know anything about that. So um the last, you know, 10 years has been a lot of learning especially for a software, because it's just, it's completely different. Right.
0: Oh my gosh. I I have to ask you, I won't bore everyone with my questions, but I have to ask you about that. Cause I've been having thoughts about that too. And like solving a problem within my business and being like, why doesn't this exist? And I'm like, you, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one to make it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do this, but maybe one day. So we'll talk about that later. Um, Okay. That is so cool. Well, thanks for sharing that because it's all so inspiring and it's, it's so real too. like you explaining, like having to pivot and then having to figure this out. And I didn't know all the things, of course I didn't, I had to just ask or get help or whatever. So it's very Mm -hmm. cool to hear all those details. Um, I want to know more about the magnetic coach stuff.
1: Um, I want to, first of all, just tell us what the heck that means. So I'm a certified, I'm a certified (laughs) magnetic coach, um, which is just this certification that I went through to become a coach. And I am certified in neuro-linguistic, neuro-linguistic programming. (laughs) This is all a mouthful, um, (laughs) clinical hypnosis, EFT, which is tapping, um, life and success coaching and time techniques. So there's just, these are just different modalities to help coaching to help right. you, you know, cause different people process things differently. Um, and that's something that I've really brought into like a lot of my courses and different things is kind of like how many different ways can I support somebody? Because in school, I don't know about you, but like, I, I hated school. I hated all of it and I wasn't good at it. Um, especially because like I'm dyslexic. And so like any reading stuff was hard for me. Um, I've learned a lot about how people learn in different ways through this actually. And so I like to have, you know, subtitles, video, audio. Um, If I can do practical exercises and homework and journal prompts, like I like to include all of that because one person might not need a journal prompt where somebody else that could be life-changing, like just one little modality or the way that you do things for one person um, is very different. And I think that not enough, People, coaches, teachers think about that. Um, And if watching videos isn't the way that you learn, it's going to be hard for your clients to get the transformation as somebody like the same transformation as somebody who like does visually learn, you know, so just kind of like being aware of those things. I don't remember the question, but I got off on a tangent about that.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. that's it. You're (laughs) answering the question. You're doing it. No, I love that. Like you're meeting people where they are. And I mean, we're humans, we're all different. And that's something that honestly, I was really made more aware of just from my son, because he's, Mm -hmm. he's the student that didn't always like quote unquote fall in line. I mean, behavior he's fine but you know as far as like learning and how he learns and stuff and he's like super smart but he like doesn't do it the way other people do Mm -hmm. so I understand what you're saying like from that perspective of witnessing somebody go through that and 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 it continues on into adulthood and your whole life Mm -hmm. you learn the way you learn so I think that's actually really like compassionate and considerate also of you to like just recognize that and then be prepared you know to help Mm -hmm. people in different ways. Do you have, do you have a favorite or a standout or like your kind of way that you learn? So you kind of or like, like to teach that way, or is there anything like that when it comes to your coaching stuff?
1: It's changed, you know, it's changed a lot. Like, I think we were kind of talking before this, but like everything has been pivoting for a lot of years. And I kind of just have always let myself adapt to what I want to do next. And so you know, all my courses and stuff are different in the way that they are like hosted and taught. I have an entire like coaching program that is only on a podcast feed and it's dropped like every single day. And that was for the amount of content and the quick potent lessons is that was the best way to deliver it. So I love that for that. However, that really wouldn't work if I was teaching something like Pinterest or Etsy. So I think it depends on you know, what it is. And I like, I think this is the reason I like working with people one-on-one so much because I get to know what their, you know, preferred way of communicating and learning is so that I can meet them where they're at to help them have like the best experience. Um, Because even just in the way that we communicate, it varies based on the way that we learn. And having the personal connection and being able to like identify these things helps me to help them have the best experience.
0: Right. Yeah. Good point. Okay. That makes total sense. So look, I want to shift into a little bit of like new year chat because mm-hmm. that's what it is right now as we're mm-hmm. recording. And even as this episode comes out really soon, um we're in January of 2023. And I've told you before I like your approach to Mindset as a business owner in general, because on one hand, you obviously have worked really hard and you know you've got to put in the effort and and so on and so forth, and all those less those tough lessons and blah, 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 whatever you want to call it, old school kind of stuff, but you also have it mixed with this kind of cool, calm vibe you got going on, or at least that's what I get from you. And I would love to hear your your perception, your, the way you look at the new year and the goals and all of that, because I think it's cool. And I think it's fun as long as I guess you actually make a plan of action and actually take action instead of Mm -hmm. just like having a bunch of dreams that you don't actually do anything about. I want to know what you think about that because business Mm -hmm. owners out there right now are like, I want to do all these things in 2023. How do I even handle this? How do I get started? What do I do? You know?
1: Yeah. So goals are great. And I have set goals in my business every year completely differently. And I will say that like this year, I don't have any goals, um, which sounds really strange, but I just feel like with everything we were talking before this, like everything in my life right now is like really up in the air. And as a person who's like, really, you know, I talk about like taking action and doing things and not just waiting. And I do believe in that, but like, there are going to be these seasons of like, there's nothing I can do except wait right now. And that's so strange because that's not typically the case for most people. Um, but I'm just in this, like, let's just wait and see. And, but I'm actually like, I'm so excited. Like it feels good. And as long as what you're doing feels good, you're going to be more likely to have it work out. So I think with goal setting, particularly like making sure that your goals feel good, because if your goals stress you out, they're not the right goals for you. And so going into last year, I really didn't want, I, I was finding that like putting in like, oh, I wanted to have a 10K month, 20K month, whatever it was, like those numbers don't mean anything, but they were stressing me out. Um, and so I decided last year, you know, I'm not really gonna set a specific money goal. I'm not gonna set these things. I just want to make as much money, you know, as I can in the way that feels the most fun. And last year, it's funny because in hindsight, it just like it didn't feel this way in the moment, but like, it was my biggest year ever. And I have never worked less in my life. And that's kind of the vibe. Like, that's what I want people to see. Like, yes, I do the work, but I also took like 12 weeks off at least. Like I took so much time off. I had so much space, you know, most of the days I'm working like five hours. Like I'm not, I'm not working full-time, like five hours would be like a lot. And so It doesn't, I think I talk about ease a lot, right? And I think that that can be confusing to people because sometimes they confuse ease with laziness, but ease to me is just the path of least resistance and ease to me is just like doing what feels natural and doing what feels right and doing what feels good. And when we put, when we set goals that feel stressful, that don't feel good, you're immediately starting the year off with a lot of resistance, which is the opposite of ease. Right. Right.
0: I love that though. I love how you are like, okay, yeah, I know I've got to quote unquote work hard, whatever you want to call it. It not you yeah. know, but you have to put forth the effort, but you also aren't forcing something that feels unnatural or weird or negative or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, cause I think that that, I think that that probably just is inevitable at some point, especially maybe in the beginning of a business owner's journey that you're going to do probably things that don't feel great. And maybe just cause you just don't know. And, yeah. and And, but if we don't, I feel like if we don't learn from them and then change the action a bit going Mm -hmm. forward, then you're just going to like, it's, it's so frustrating to keep trying at something that feels bad, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. I think exactly what you just said, like changing the action when you start to realize that it doesn't feel good, like that's the key. And so with goal setting, like this is the time of year where everybody's I mean, I think getting worked up for no, for no reason about like what, you know, I, this is the year, this is the year. And like, it gets to be the year, but like, you don't, you putting the pressure on everything right now, like, is that really productive for you and your business? What goal, like, if you are a goal oriented person, that's great. Just making sure that those feel good, making sure that you have a plan if you want to plan. But like for me and in the past, like I really, I go back and forth on like, I want a plan and I need the next steps and like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And it it varies from month to quarter to year on how that goes. But I just let myself, when I feel like I need a plan, I make a super detailed, you know, point by point plan. For a couple of my launches, I had like 10 page documents with like all the things. And there's been other times where I'm just like, this feels fun I'm going to do it. And I think there's room for both if you want there to be room for both, if you're super organized, like let yourself be super organized, but to what extent, like, where does the line when it stops feeling good? Like let's look at it. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And you bring up, you bring up a good point. Like someone like me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are, are goal oriented. And I do like to have, um, mm-hmm. I do like to have specifics and then see it happen. Like, it's just so satisfying. Right. But I've learned the hard lesson of it because it felt felt very hard at the time and, and it was um emotional where like things didn't quite go <laughs> the way that I wanted them to but if I would have at the time now I realize if I would have calmed down I would have realized more of the good in the situation well it didn't go this way but you know what this happened or whatever mm-hmm. and I was just so obsessed with the fact that I had I had planned out not only the destination but the path Mm -hmm. And the path is ever winding and bumpy and crazy and goes off course and all the things as we know now. But like at the time I was just so pissed. It didn't go exactly (laughs) how I wanted it to. And that was not my plan, you know, and it's the universe is like plans, plans, Brittany. Um, (laughs) And I know that now and that's helped. So I'm sure you agree that like, even when you want to be like, have be super organized and write out your goals and be super specific, you still have to have that little like spot (laughs) in your head that's Mm -hmm. like but you got to remember <laughs> mm-hmm. it could change a little and it's okay. Right.
1: Yeah. I think learning to loosen the grip a little bit is, yeah. is huge. And I, this is a golfing reference if anybody golfs, but when I was learning to golf, um, my instructor told me, cause I was like gripping the the club way too tight. And he was like, do you have a dog? And I was like, Yeah, Jane. And he was like, Pretend it's Jane's tail. And that's something that I've taken with oh, me is like, yeah. with your goals, like you don't want to strangle them. If it was your dog's foot or your cat's tail or whatever, like, would you hold it loosely? And I think being able to release the the pressure and the tension and all the things, and just have a goal, and instead of maybe having every step of the path figured out, what are some of the possible paths? So what are some of the possible steps and being open to others? Because there may be even easier steps along the way. There may be other things that come up. There may be, you know, a turn in the path that you never expected and being flexible. And part of being an entrepreneur is being very adaptable. It just, it just is. And so when we can do that with a little bit more ease and flow, business can feel easier. And so something that I've done is like, if I wanted to hit a certain number, Um, making a list of like all the different ways that you could hit that number rather than this is the only way that I'm going to do it because that feels forceful. That feels stressful for somebody else that might feel really good to know exactly how they're going to do it. But like you said, then when it doesn't work, we feel bad. And then we get in kind of like a shame spiral in our business of feeling bad. And is that really productive? So maybe it's not, this is exactly what I need to do. But like, this is one of the things I could do. This is another thing that I could do. And maybe even I, one of my friends shared something recently about making her entire plan and then never looking at it again, because it's, it's that releasing it. It's, it's loosening the grip a little bit.
0: That's, that's incredible. Loosening the grip. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know a whole lot about golf, only a little, um, but I do know exactly what you mean. And that's the perfect analogy and the perfect way to look at it and write out, write out your whole plan. And then just like, don't look at it again. That's, that's wild. Like for me, that that feels so rebellious. I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I would never look at my plan again. Oh, what will I do with myself? Um, (laughs) but I can see how that would be helpful. Something I, I want to know your opinion on this is, your honest opinion on this, like mindset of mine. Okay. Is I will, I will try to, if I want to have one of these moments where I'm really trying to like visualize stuff and get in the right, get, you know, excited about future and all these things. I'll try to envision the way I want my day to be like, what I want my life to be like rather than, because I don't know the exact things that are going to be happening. I can kind of like hope, um, Mm -hmm. does that sound stupid? Like to, I try to like, you know, like how do you want your, to feel in your home? And when you wake up, do you want to go and join a team of people or do you want to be by yourself or, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it's not stupid at all. That's like a very normal, way to future pace things. So part of like stepping into that next level or becoming the best version of yourself or whatever that is, is being able to visualize what that next level is. And it doesn't necessarily mean like the most specific house, but like, how are you feeling and who are you being and what are you doing? And sometimes the best way to do that is like through meditation or through those visual visualizations. Like I personally don't visualize a lot, but I know that that can be super helpful in helping you see yourself in the future, which tells your brain exactly what to do. So our brains love specific direction. And so when you can say like, this is where I want to go and then kind of be able to like reverse engineer it, it, it helps. Like It truly does help form new neural pathways in your brain because you're able to see yourself in a new where you want to be and then see the steps to get there and your brain can rearrange things to make it work for you. That is wild. I, it,
0: I mean, I know it's true, but it's just so wild to think that like, that that's what's happening up, up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot more than what we realize, right? Um, Okay, so before I let you go, I wanna make sure I mention the tapping thing because it's so <laughs> fascinating. You said EFT and you have to, I don't know what it stands <laughs> for, but so please share with everybody what the heck that is if they don't know um, first, and then I want to ask you a few specifics about it.
1: Yeah. So EFT is emotional freedom techniques and it's also called tapping. So you tap on different meridian points in your body and it just helps move energy. And it sounds really like woo and weird. And I was like resistant to it. (laughs) Um, but it has become such a staple. I literally tapped right before this call because it just helps calm me down. It's, it's a for What I like to refer to it as is like an active meditation. If you're the type of person who doesn't really like to meditate or can't really calm their brain down or you know, wants, my hand. <laughs> wants to try something different, um, or you feel, you know, an extreme way at some point, like this is a good way to shift into something else. So I've used it, th- you know, there was a time, in the last year that I was like, maybe the maddest I had ever been. And I knew like, I hate the way that this feels and I need to move through it. Like, I don't want to sit in this, this doesn't feel good. And so I went in and I tapped and what you do at the beginning of it, or what you can do is kind of rate on a scale from one to 10, how you're feeling. So anger, you know, I was feeling like a 10 on the anger scale and I tapped once and it brought me down to like a five and I was like, I'm going to do it again. And I got down to like a two or a three. Um, And so it's really just kind of calling out what's going on and being honest and saying it out loud because our brain really likes specific direction. And when you can tell it exactly like, Hey, I see that this thing is pissing me off and I want to feel this other way. Instead, it really does like help move that energy.
0: And so you literally tap with your fingers Mm -hmm. on a certain part of you, Mm -hmm. right? And I've, I've only seen this once before, but. Is there also sometimes something that you can say to go along with when you're actually tapping?
1: Yeah. So there's like a, yeah. So you'll, you start at like the different points and you say things out loud. Um, and so a lot of the times to start it out, you're saying like, you know, I'm really mad right now. This anger is like really bubbling up inside of me. I feel mad because, um, and you're just bringing you're kind of just like getting those things out, which alone can be like a really helpful release. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not that we just have to do this for anger. So for example, right before this, I did it for like reclaiming your power because sometimes we give away our power to everything. And so in that instance, it was like, um, you know, sometimes I look for permission. I've looked for permission to feel good. I've outsourced, you know, my joy in this way. And then the second part of it is really like taking it back and saying like, you know what, I don't need anybody else's permission. I'm a fucking badass the way that I am, you know, this is, and, you know, we go through kind of like a script to start with noticing the way that you are feeling and then shifting it into something else.
0: That's really cool. Do you, it sounds so therapeutic, honestly, do you, um, have you done this with clients? Yeah. Yes, I have what, like, what kind of, I don't want to say results. It sounds cheesy. Like it's some sort of medication, but you know what I mean? Like what kind of outcomes or what, what's the feedback you've gotten from this? Was it like, was there somebody that was skeptical and then they were pleasantly surprised or whatever? Like, I want to see what kind of impact it's had on, on them.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it, most people are skeptical and it's just like, okay, Carly, like, (laughs) which like, that's how most things, like, that's how I was. Like I was super skeptical, not even just about tapping, but about like coaching. Like I used to be a person who was like, coaching is a scam (laughs) and, and now like I am a coach, but and it's because I've seen these different things and I became a coach selfishly for myself. I wanted to learn these modalities for me. And then when I learned them, I was like, okay, (laughs) everybody needs to know this. Um, but yeah, so like tapping, I've, you know, seen so many people go through it and start, you know, we'll rate it at the beginning. Like, how are you feeling now? And then how are you feeling after? And like, it does go down. And it's, it's one of my clients just in the last month did it for the first time. And was like, it was crazy that I noticed in the moment that I was really overwhelmed and you sent me a video and I went into the video and it calmed me down. And I can't believe how quickly it calmed me down. And she's somebody that had has ADHD and you know, we all get overwhelmed easily sometimes. And Mm -hmm. to be able to have something to turn to, to be able to quickly change the way that you're feeling is huge. I mean, imagine if at any moment you could just feel completely differently, like, wouldn't you do it? And that's how I think tapping has had a huge impact on my life in the last year, because I didn't, not that I didn't believe it, I'm certified in it. I like it, but I didn't know the extent of its power. Um, in any moment. And so now it is something that I turn to when I'm when I'm at my best every day, but probably at least once a week. I am I am tapping.
0: That is really cool. I I love all the give me all the woo things. I don't care. Like, <laughs> what do we need to do? We need to light a candle over there in my living room. Yeah. Like it's like, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm very open-minded to this. Um, I think it's fantastic. And you are actually going to be leading us in a tapping exercise whenever you are our guest speaker in small Business social society. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So if you are a member, you're going to want to be there on January 18th, um, to make sure and see all of this go down live so we can yeah. all get our shit together together.
1: <laughs> yeah. So do uh, they get recordings on these? Like, will they be able to go back to it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, what's great is like, I have, I'm in a, if you, if you want to get into tapping, look up Gala darling on Instagram. She is like the queen of tapping and she has some free videos. She's tons of stuff on YouTube, but I'm in her high vibe honey, which is just like a subscription to tapping. And so like, those are a lot of the times the videos that I will go to, but it's really helpful to be able to just like get on YouTube or have this in your society to go back to when you need to feel a little bit differently.
0: That's true. It's going to come in handy. It's it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. Before I let you go, I wanted to. I, I didn't. We didn't plan this question, so uh, no pressure. But what would be, <laughs> what would be your? Maybe it's not your biggest because you don't know what your biggest is yet. But just a standout lesson as a business owner that you've learned or something that a pattern that you've seen that you've had to, maybe it's the thing we talked about where you need to be able to, to pivot or whatever, like what's something that's a standout for you that, that somebody's listening right now and they are more of a beginner, way more of a beginner than you are. And, and years behind you, what would you say to that person was a huge, has been a huge lesson for you
1: to stop making assumptions, to stop making assumptions about everything. I can't, I can't tell you how much of a difference that's made in my life, but also my business to stop assuming the worst that when somebody reaches out to you, assuming you can't, they can't afford you or assuming that they're going to think the price is too high or assuming that they're mad at you or assuming that they don't like you on social media or assuming that because one post didn't do well, that nobody fucking cares. Like we make so many assumptions. I was just talking to one of my clients the other day about like, you know, we make the assumption that somebody else is making an assumption about us. And it's like, this is a (laughs) spiral of assumptions that doesn't even matter and doesn't, isn't even real. So if you stopped making assumptions in your business and in your life, how much differently would that feel? Like how much better would it feel? Because if, if I emailed somebody and this has happened, like I hate when I send somebody an email and ask for something, I once had somebody, I was looking for a printer and I invested five figures than a printer (laughs) and to reach out to somebody and be like, basically, you can't afford this as a small business. Like that's not for you to decide. Like that's basically what they said to me. And so I I've had those experiences or, you know, as a woman, like what's your husband do, like those kind of things. We've all been there and I don't want to make those assumptions about people. And I don't want people making those assumptions about me. And so for them to not make it about me, I have to stop making it about them right you know and so yeah. being able to just like release some of those some you know they may be limiting beliefs but they a lot of times it's just assumptions like if you didn't assume that somebody couldn't afford you what would you assume instead how would how would your messaging change if you assumed that I mean, okay. If we are assuming we're assuming the best, but if you assumed the best instead of the worst, how would that email change? How would what you're saying to that person change? And if, if what you said to that person changed, then it might also be the thing that makes them work with you or follow you or like the post. That's so good. But I was not (laughs) expecting you to say that
0: at all. You totally shocked (laughs) me but that's so good. And it's so freaking true, especially the assumptions about what someone can afford or not. It's like, it's, and sometimes I feel like I'm walking like a fine line between, I shouldn't assume they can't afford it, but I also don't want to assume that they're just going to sign up and I play all Mm -hmm. these horrible mind games with myself, but you're so right. And that's not, and so what if you didn't
1: assume either way? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Just fucking calm down, Brittany. (laughs)
1: No, and I mean that for like, we've all been there, like of like, I want to assume the best, but I don't want to assume the best and be disappointed. And then I don't want to assume the worst, because then that sucks. And then either way, we're like disappointed and assuming things. So like, I think, you know, the moral of all of this is like, can you just approach things from a more neutral place? Yeah if the price is just the price, how does that change things rather than there being a lot of meaning to, can they afford it? They're going to sign up. They're not going to sign up. What if it was just like, here it is. It's up to them. like a little bit more trust and just like neutrality in things. Right. Well, and it probably helps us be less desperate in our
0: business attempts or come off as less desperate, at least because I mean, I know we've all been there too. Like especially earlier on or if you're maybe you're in a bind or whatever it may have been and to kind of come off as desperate for someone's business when and it's and if if it's ego yeah maybe it's ego like I don't want to act desperate but there's also like you said that key to like it just stressing you the hell out and it making the outcome be not good or weird or whatever Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah. And even if the outcome is good, wouldn't it be nice to just not be fucking stressed the whole time yeah. throughout the process? Yeah. I it's think just, it oh, goes back to like loosening that, the grip. Yeah. Like yeah. if you weren't gripping it so hard and you were just like more neutral, less assumptions, like that loosens the grip.
0: Right you are good for me, Carly. I need these, I need these talks for sure. Um, because a lot of this is not natural to me, but I am open enough to listen to you. I I don't listen to too many people, but you're one of the few people I do. Um, well, thank (laughs) you. Well, thank you for, thank you for coming back on the show. Um, before I let you go, we've got to do the routine of making sure everybody knows how to find you. What's the best way to connect with you. They can follow along your journey and find out all of the Carly things.
1: Yeah. Instagram is where I am. Usually I've been really good in the last year about like posting and sharing and lots of tips and freebies. And then like the last few weeks over Christmas and stuff, I was just like, <laughs> I've checked holidays. out. Completely. So we'll, <laughs> see, we'll see how this goes in, um, 2023. I'm excited to just like my relationship with Instagram and social media just like continues to get better and better. And, um, I don't know what that means for this year, but I'm excited to see. So Instagram at Carly Zerker is where I am most of the time.
0: You guys go follow Carly for real. Trust me. You, she, you really do provide a lot of value in the stuff that you share. You, it's not a lot of fluff and you give a lot of details and things like that. And I really appreciate that about you. And even whenever you're talking about something that's specific to a certain kind of business and it doesn't even, it's not even like my kind of business. I always still get something out of what you're teaching. So definitely go, go follow Carly. We'll put all the stuff in the show notes. Carly Zerker, thank you so much for being here again.